Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. We are thrilled to be with you again this Sunday evening for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight we have some extra special guests with us as we continue our series in the book of Romans. As always, we would love to hear from you and we would love to pray for you. So we have call screeners standing by to take your call at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, I have a very important question for you this evening. Okay, let me have it. <laughs> have you packed yet? Oh, that is the question. well, we are going to Brazil, aren't we, tomorrow, Mike? It seems like we've been planning forever to go to Brazil. We'll be preaching and teaching there for the next week. So we do ask our listeners to pray for us and pray yeah. for our church mm-hmm. as well while we go. And pray for our Deacon Adrian, who will speak on Wednesday, and our brother Tim speaking Sunday, and Deacon Raul will be speaking. But I didn't answer your question. You didn't pack yet. You haven't (laughs) packed yet. No, not completely. But I do have a couple things here and there in the suitcase. But I'm going to work on that tonight when I get home and get packed up and ready to go. And we are excited, Micah, about that trip. And we're so excited about having with us tonight Pastor David and his wife Rhoda Vilsius, who are here with us from First Baptist Church in Hempstead, Long Island. And I've known Pastor David since he was in high school, and what a blessing to see you grow in the grace of God and now serving the Lord as a pastor right there in the great city of Hempstead. So, Pastor David and Rhoda, thank you so much for being with us. And just why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and also how you met. So thanks for being here tonight. Thank you for having us. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, this evening. Okay, and Rhoda, let's hear your voice as well. Oh, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> and, and I can tell you're not a New Yorker, Rhoda. You'll have to tell us that. That sounds like a, a British accent to me. Very much so. Yeah. I think so. I think, um, well, I'm actually from London, and that's where my husband and I first met. Mm. He came over to my home church in London, England, right by Heathrow Terminal 3, whichever one you, you're going to land at. And, um, we met there, and yeah, the Lord has been good to us, and the Lord has kept us in touch and kept and brought us together. Grateful for what the Lord's doing in our life. That's awesome, you know, because Pastor David, you're such a fine young man, and you went <laughs> to the mission field single. I was a little worried about that, but uh, God certainly took care of you that the, need. The, the Lord is certainly <laughs> so good to uh, to us, and uh, we're thankful for His leading in our lives. Amen. And uh, even while I was on the way to England, we began to talk and and. Uh, the, the Lord just worked it all out once I got there, and, and we became very close friends, and we began to court, and we were eventually married, and God gave us the wonderful opportunity to start a church together right outside of uh, London in a, Sir, a city called Surrey, mm-hmm. the Lower Kingswood Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and uh, while in England, the Lord uh, redirected us to come back to a wonderful, wonderful church here on Long Island, First Baptist Church of Hempstead. And uh, we're thankful for what God is doing at that church. You know, every week we it seems that we we have visitors, and God is 
truly moving. We're praying for revival. Mm. We're praying that the windows of heaven would be open and, Amen. and his blessings be poured out. And that's what we need. Yes. That's what we need there in Hempstead. Yes, Jesus Christ does need to be glorified there. And we're glad that you're preaching Christ Amen. there in Hempstead. And you grew up in that area as well, right, David? I, I, I did. I grew up about 10 minutes away from the church in a little town called Elmont. And um, that I went to a church called Bible Baptist Church. Uh, where I was saved, baptized, called to preach, and that was my sending church. They sent me out of the mission field, to the mission field, and um, I have a wonderful pastor, Pastor Carl Lubin, and before that, Pastor James Barker, who really invested in my life and trained me and prepared me. And uh, after I graduated from high school, I went down to Crown College in Knoxville, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. where I was trained and uh, first exposed to the ministry uh, in England. Praise the Lord. And we want our listeners, any listeners out there in that part of Long Island, Nassau County, in Hempstead, to visit First Baptist Church and visit with Pastor David Vilsius and Rhoda there and the growing work that God is using you to do. So give us a little more information about the church and service times and location, uh, website. Sure, so absolutely. Our church is located on 267 Jackson Street, 267 Jackson Street in Hempstead. Uh, New York, and um, our website is firstbaptisthempstead.com or .org. Every Sunday morning, we meet for Sunday school at 9.45, and our morning service at 11 a.m., our our evening service at 6 p.m., and our midweek prayer meeting and Bible study at half past seven in the evening. Yeah, and the website again is? It's firstbaptisthempstead.com, all one word, firstbaptisthempstead.com. You can also Google our church, First Baptist Church of Hempstead. Uh, um, on Long Island, New York, and it should come up to the top. <laughs> Amen. Well, that, that is awesome. And uh, did you have any expectations uh, after you became saved, Rhoda, of becoming a pastor's wife? Was that something that you were praying about or saw as possibility? Um, not even a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I was just praying that the Lord will bring me a husband. (laughs) Um, so no, I, the Lord has been so good. I love the way that the Lord directs our steps and yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to be a pastor's wife, let alone, um, an American guy (laughs) and move to America, (laughs) but no, the Lord has been in it all. And I just, just looking back in my life and looking back to the steps that the Lord had brought me through, I can see that his hand is upon me. And yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for what the Lord's doing in our lives. Amen. Good. Well, great. Good to have you guys. So what we're going to do, we're going to look into Romans chapter 7 tonight. Is a very important passage of scripture, dear friends, the struggle of the flesh. And th- this is important because all of us, once we become saved, experience this struggle. The Apostle Paul himself, we will see, experienced this struggle, and Mm. none of us are better Christians than he. Mm. But the power of Jesus Christ is available for us to walk in that victory, and that's what we want to see tonight. So we're going to read beginning at Romans chapter 7, and I'll start start us off in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If I then do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, 
but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Amen. Well, let's pray tonight. Lord, as we read the scripture, our hearts find a solace and comfort that Paul himself experienced this inward struggle. And yet we find and we rejoice in the victory that is in Jesus. And Lord, it's almost my heart wants to start with the end of this chapter where Paul rejoices by saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we do thank you, Lord, in advance as we look into this passage tonight and that you would work and that you would comfort and that you would help our listeners perhaps struggling with some kind of sin that they're doing, but they're hating what they're doing, Lord. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's some form of sexual immorality or pornography. And, Lord, that you would bring about the deliverance to our dear listeners and to all of us, Lord, that we would walk in the Spirit not fulfilling the lust of the flesh and we pray in Jesus name amen, amen. amen. Yeah, this is a, pas- a famous passage isn't it Micah mm-hmm. this struggle yeah. mm-hmm. that Paul's going through and probably just right off the bat let's try to deal with this because one of the long debates about this passage is whether this describes the struggle of a Christian mm-hmm. or is it the struggle of an unbeliever before he's saved so that's really the debate And so why would some people say that this is a struggle of an unsaved person? And if you want to tell us what you think, you may hear. Yeah. Well, I think it sounds strange to us to hear the Apostle Paul, who we all consider a great example of the faith, admitting to sin. You know, when he says that he doesn't do what he wants to do, presumably living perfectly, and instead does what he hates, it's hard for us to square that with the selfless missionary who was beaten and (laughs) stoned and shipwrecked and imprisoned for boldly preaching the gospel. I mean, he really wanted to curse those guys out who were, (laughs) like, stoning him, but no. Yeah, it's just hard for us to, like, say, okay, that's the same guy as is talking here. So some people jump to the conclusion that, This description of Paul must be him writing from the perspective of his life before he was saved. But I disagree with that, mostly because I can identify with his words. You know, I'm 100% sure that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I have the Holy Spirit of Jesus living in me. And while I try to follow him every day of my life, I do stumble sometimes. And there are times that I even do what I hate. So... I think that Paul is just describing the struggle that we all experience in living the Christian life, and I'm glad that he does, because if we were led to believe that Paul was perfect after his salvation, I think our own imperfection 
it would it would greatly discourage us. Yeah, but now Paul, before he was saved, oversaw the murder of Stephen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about Paul like, oh, I, I killed somebody again. I really didn't want to do no. that. No, no. no. <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking probably about other struggles, inward struggles of the flesh. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. But, Brother David? Absolutely. I think it's important, especially when you're when you're speaking with people who have just been converted because there sometimes can be an idea that I just got saved and maybe these, these thoughts or these temptations will be eradicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for, for people who right. just come to know Christ because may, some people may say, I just came to know Christ and why am I still struggling with these mm-hmm. things? So I think it's an important doctrine and, yeah. and teaching to show people, look, yes, you are saved. You are safe in the power of sin, but there will still be this internal struggle and conflict between the flesh and and, yeah. and, our, and our new man, but there's victory. That is a great point. I have a book by Harry Ironside, and he gives the testimony of how he worked with Salvation Army, and they, they w- did have that Wesleyan doctrine mm. of eradica- eradication of the old nature completely, and that, so you, that you won't have any temptation, you won't have any struggle. And th- these new believers were yeah. literally finding themselves losing their mind. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do have to understand that even though we're in Christ and we've been forgiven and we've been saved and we're a new creation, mm-hmm. we're still going to have these internal struggles of the flesh. Yeah, and I just think, you know, over the years I've watched people who are new Christians and you see that it's a process. You know, you don't you don't go to that new Christian and say, "Okay, well you can't do this that you're doing, you can't do that, you can't do that." Yes, the Bible is yeah. holy and they should be living a holy life, but it's it's step by step by step. It doesn't they don't change all at once. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Rhoda, did you want to add to that? Well, I was just going to say it reminds me of um the passage in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17 where Paul says for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would Mm. and it just Mm -hmm. makes me think like I know I still sin and I know that I still have that daily battle as well so Mm -hmm. it has to be something that is being said with Paul whilst Mm -hmm. he was still a Christian yeah yes yes so David why then does it seem better because those like in Wesleyan theology, those who believe that in the eradication of the sin nature, but why does it seem better to say that this is indeed the conflict of sin in the life of a believer? Well, I think that that, that is consistent with Scripture. Like I think in the book of James, when, when James speaks of temptation, he speaks of every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. So mm-hmm. there, yeah. the, this conflict is already established, that, that we have a flesh, and we have a new man. And there is, even as my wife mentioned, there is that conflict in Galatians where yeah. they're warring after uh, each other. So I think it's an important thing to understand and to establish that, yes, as a believer, we are going to have this struggle. We are going to have this conflict. So so I do believe, just as Michael mentioned, that this is referring to the people of God and something for God's people to, to, to see. Because we can never have victory if we don't acknowledge the the problem. We don't mm. acknowledge the conflict. Mm. Absolutely. And Christians are going to face all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus was tempted, and he's without sin, mm-hmm. and yet he experienced temptation. So just because we're saved doesn't mm-hmm. mean we're not going to experience the darts of temptation, of Satan's deceptions and accusations. Mm-hmm. And also, this passage does reveal the struggles of a godly man. Absolutely. I mean, because he's, he wants to do right, and mm-hmm. he wants the deliverance from any any uh, falling into doing the thing that he doesn't want to do. And so we see that the Holy Spirit is definitely at work in the heart 
of Paul as he's writing this as a believer and using as well 30 times the a personal pronoun I, and he's dealing in the present tense. Yeah. So he's not saying this was the struggle I had as an un, mm-hmm. as an unbeliever. Yeah. This is the present struggle mm-hmm. of a believer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you know I think about myself. You know, again, it's like we we read Paul's words and then we look inward. And when I was born again in the spiritual and eternal sense, I went through a complete metamorphosis. You know, I truly believe God put a new spirit within me. He removed my yeah. heart of stone, giving me a heart of flesh, as Ezekiel says. However, I don't believe that God gave me a lobotomy. He didn't replace my brain. He didn't give me a totally different personality. You know, it's a process. You were a nurse ratcheted. <laughs> that name just came up yesterday. I know. That was so funny. Um, no, it's a process of sanctification and renewal. You know, there are still times when I don't see things clearly from a heavenly perspective. There are times when I still put my foot in my mouth. I know you don't believe me, Pastor, but there are times. You know, there are times when I walk away from some interaction wishing I had handled it differently, but I know that I'm getting there, progressing to be more and more like Christ. Yeah, and dear friends, we want to encourage you tonight that though there is a struggle in the flesh, it is not an unwinnable conflict. In fact, we are fighting a battle that's already been won. Jesus Christ has won the victory for us by dying on the cross for our sins, and that was the victory that Paul was writing about in Romans 6, and we need to be living there to... To, to overcome the struggle of the flesh that we face in Romans chapter 7. Mm. But if we can encourage you tonight, maybe you're going through some struggle, inward battle in your life right now, maybe with anger, maybe with bitterness, maybe with drugs or alcohol. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Again, that number is 929-333-3739. Three, nine. And we're so blessed as well tonight, just to repeat, Pastor David and Rhoda Vilsius from First Baptist Church in Hempstead, Long Island are with us. And we encourage listeners in that area, in Long Island, or if, hey, you're in Southern Connecticut, you can go. You can go in Queens. You, can go. You, you, you let New Yorkers go. We welcome all. We welcome everyone. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So visit First Baptist Church in Hempstead, and the website is First Baptist. Hempstead.com. That's it. First Baptist Hempstead.com. And what was the address again of the church there? 267 Jackson Street in Hempstead. 267 Jackson Street. So praise the Lord. So as we are going to go through this passage, and we're going to go through it verse by verse, but let's just first talk to the listeners about our own inward struggles because Paul was very transparent to share his own personal struggles. And there's the word that kind of came to me as I studied this was the word of frustration. It's mm-hmm. almost like there's a frustration with the flesh. Mm-hmm. But yet, let me introduce Romans 8. There's no condemnation Amen. to us who are, who are in Christ. But sometimes with the struggle of the flesh, we do experience some level of frustration. And I know I do, mm-hmm. you know, in the flesh. I know some mornings I don't want to get out of bed. And I don't feel like doing anything. And then, but once I get going, I'm, I get going pretty good, you know. But sometimes it's hard to get going. Sometimes, and I'll, I'll just say this, and we'll be transparent for a moment to maybe share what some of the causes of the, the frustration the flesh causes in our own life. So our listeners will know, hey, we're, we're not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I, I, I might not be able to control my emotions the way that I would like to. 
and I get angry, mm-hmm. and the tone of my voice changes, and I almost like I can't control it if, if I get angry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get uh, anxious about something, or and I get afraid, and my hands literally start to shake, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I hate it. I wish I, I didn't... I wish I didn't have a situation where I get a little bit fearful, but sometimes I, I do get into a situation where I, I struggle with fear or I, I've gotten angry and, and I've hated those moments and I've hated myself sometimes mm-hmm. for my own responses, mm-hmm. you know. So why don't we just share uh, a, a little bit of those personal struggles that we have as we fight indwelling sin in our own life. I don't know who wants to go first on this, but Pastor David, okay, yeah, I, there you go. Okay, thank you for taking that lead. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of the things, like in Romans chapter uh, 13, verse four, 14, the Bible says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And I and I know that if I make any provision for my flesh, it's, it's, it's going to fulfill itself. Hmm. Like the flesh is like a roaring lion yeah. that's seeking uh, to seek it, it seeks his own fulfillment mm-hmm. so i realized that if i make any way for the flesh um it's going to fulfill itself and it's interesting that that passage in james chapter one where it talks about temptation the bible says and every man is drawn away after his own lust mm-hmm. it, it, in a very real way every person their flesh is like a unique package yeah. there might be things that that i'm drawn to that that perhaps you're not mm-hmm. so so understanding our flesh ourselves and being honest I think when we talk about the flesh and ourselves, I think it's being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. and realizing, look, if this is an area of temptation, if this is an area that I've struggled with, let me just stay far away. Let me not make any room mm-hmm. because I will go headlong into it. Mm-hmm. And sin will take you farther than you would ever thought yeah. that, that you would want to yeah. go. Yeah. Farther than you would does. ever want. And that's true. His own lust. It's like we all have designer styled lusts. Right that are unique to our own personality. And we need to know ourselves and know the enemy and overcome those particular lusts. Sister Rhoda, would you like to add to that? I like that you mention how fearful you can get sometimes because I think, I mean, for me, for sure, one of the things that I would probably say I struggle with the most is anxiety. I mean, um, we praise the Lord. My husband and I are expecting a very fresh child. Congratulations. Thank you. But before that, we'd had a miscarriage. You know, we've had a couple of miscarriages. So Mm. with that comes a lot of fear for this particular child Mm. and a lot of sleepless nights. I'm sure many, many women who have gone through that have probably, Mm. probably know what I'm talking about. And just like my husband was saying, you know, when we get into that time of anxiety to remember Christ, to mm-hmm. remember the Lord, to take it back to him. Um, but I get frustrated because I can see myself getting anxious. And I'm like, okay, we know the Lord is in control. We know that the Lord is sovereign. We know the Lord gives and we know the Lord takes away. We know that he is good ultimately. Mm-hmm. And then you get frustrated. I get so frustrated because I'm getting anxious when I know I shouldn't be because mm-hmm. I know I'm in capable hands. Mm-hmm. Um so I, underst- I understand all too well what Paul is saying in this passage about our flesh, our flesh and the spirit. The spirit in me trusts, trusts the Lord, <laughs> yeah. but my flesh is anxious about everything. Yeah. So it's just trusting the Lord that he will keep us through it all. Yeah, yeah, that's beautifully said, Rhoda. And I love what Paul says for I know, I know, mm-hmm. and we have to know this, that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good Mm. Micah, did you want to add to that? Yeah, you know, I, um, you know, I know how far 
I've come and yet how far I have to go when I'm with my family, when we get together for the holidays. You know, it's like I sometimes revert back to the child that I was when I was little, and it's probably because I'm with the people that I'm most comfortable Mm -hmm. with, the people that know me in and out. And so that's, I think, sometimes when I get frustrated because you think you've come so far. You think that, okay, I've been following Christ so many years and I've, I've overcome these things. But every once in a while when I'm with my family, the old Micah comes out a little bit and I get frustrated. So mm. thank you, Paul, for putting these words down yeah. in the book yeah. of Romans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Brother David. And, and, and one thing I'd just like to add is our flesh hates God. Our, our, our flesh wants nothing mm. to do with prayer. Mm. Our flesh wants nothing to do with time in the word or, mm. or going to church. Mm. And, and I think it's just understanding that and realizing that, look, I can't, I can't make away from my flesh. I can't yield to my flesh. And also... I can't feed my flesh. Mm. I think the more you feed your flesh, the stronger it will be. Mm-hmm. But the more you just put that fire out and 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 it all ultimately comes with a walk, a real walk with God mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. the day, each and every day, living consciously in the presence of God, mm-hmm. mindful that I have a flesh mm-hmm. and mindful that each and every day I have to crucify my flesh. I can't feed my flesh. Yeah. And I know, as as Pastor Record mentioned, I know the things that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. I know the things that my, my flesh lusts after mm-hmm. and getting ahead of that mm-hmm. um, and uh, trusting the Lord with that. Thank you, mm-hmm. Pastor David. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to a song. We invite our listeners again to call. Maybe there's someone expecting child out there and maybe like Sister Rhoda, you've experienced a miscarriage. If you want to give a call right onto the air, we, we'll pray with you on the air. Maybe we'll have Rhoda uh, pray for you. And we're praying for you, Sister Rhoda, that the Lord would give you strength to bring forth a healthy child. But if anyone else is going through some sort of struggle, call us right now at 929-333-3739. And this is a beautiful song, Make My Life a Song of Praise. Yes, Lord, work mightily in us to make my life to give you praise. Give us a call right now, 929-333-3739. Okay, so I'm sorry we're having some technical problems with that song, so that's okay. The Lord is in control here, and it sounds like the song's having an internal struggle. The struggle of the, <laughs> of struggle the, song, of the flesh, the struggle of the flesh in the in the sound system here tonight. So, so we do have these conflicts, don't we? We do. 
So let's now get into the text in Romans chapter 7, beginning at verse number 14. And Micah, so let's go right down into this and focus on these verses and explain what is Paul saying, especially in Romans seven fifteen or so in there, about the struggle of a believer. Sure. Well, this is actually a pretty well-known verse, but the Old English, in this case, is a little bit difficult to navigate. So this first phrase where Paul says, for that which I do, I allow not. And the Greek word translated, I allow, is often translated no or understand. So to paraphrase, uh, we could say, I don't understand the things that I do. And haven't we all had those moments? We Mm -hmm. sin have no good explanation for why we did it. So the next phrase, for what I would, that do I not, which basically means, and the things that I want to do, I don't do. And then Paul finishes with, but what I hate, that do I. So again, Paul is describing the struggle of every honest Christian. There are times, even for mature Christians, when we do the opposite of we want to do what we want to do and what we should do, and it's not always easy to reconcile that in our minds. Yeah, and for example, just think of the internal struggles, let's say, of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You want to forgive that. You want to forgive your parents who hurt you. You want to forgive your husband or wife who said something very painful to you. But you struggle with that, and then you end up doing the very thing you hate doing by lashing out in anger Mm -hmm. and showing that you've really not let go of that matter. Mm -hmm. So, dear friends, look to Jesus on the cross Mm -hmm. and remember what he went through. He is our victory. Brother David, did you want to add to that as well? Yeah, I, I absolutely. You know, even like looking at the very next verse, um, he speaks of the desire and the will. Mm. The desire and the will. In verse uh, 16, he says this, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. And he speaks of, you know, he's doing things that he wish he did not do. He's doing things that he desires not to do. And the things that he desires to do, he's not doing. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems as if Paul is saying, I don't have the strength or the power to do so. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. I think it was mentioned even earlier that all of this is a, is a process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. How God is changing us and even showing us, look, this internal struggle. I think part of the work of sanctification is God showing us how sinful we are, mm-hmm. yeah. showing showing yeah. us how depraved we are and how mm-hmm. much we need his help and his spirit. As Jesus said in John chapter 15, without me, ye can do nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's Paul's will. It's like his willpower just wasn't sufficient mm-hmm. because that's the word when he says in verse 15, and he repeats this word, I think, seven times in this passage, where he says, for what I would, or that is what I would will, Mm -hmm. that do I not. And he uses it again in verse 16. That which I will, or that's which which I will not, I do. Mm -hmm. And then he uses that same word again in verse 18. For to will Mm -hmm. is present with me. And he uses it again in verse 19. For the good that I would not, or that I will, will... I do, I, I don't, I don't do. Mm-hmm. But the evil, I, there it is again, I would not or will. Those are about the will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like his willpower, and, our, that, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Our willpower in this flesh, it's not sufficient. We mm-hmm. need spirit power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that as Pastor David just talked about, again, the process of sanctification, it's like... I'm glad God doesn't show it to us all at once. You know, we become a Christian and maybe at that point, you know, there's one major sin that we're dealing with or a couple major sins. And then 
in the process over, let's say, years, you know, God exposes more and exposes more. But thank goodness he didn't expose it all at once because I may not have been able to handle it all at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like what Mool says in his commentary. He says that this chapter, this section is quote, a groan of shame and pain. Mm. <laughs> a groan of shame and pain. Yeah. From a man who could not be thus tortured if he were not born again. Mm. So the the groan, though, comes out of his desire to live a holy life. And so, dear friends, as you are experiencing this struggle, this conflict of struggling in the flesh, of not doing what you will to do, and knowing that it's that indwelling sin in you. We don't want to hear from you tonight. Mm -hmm. Let us hear from you. Some of you need prayer. Some of you need to just go to the throne of grace and find that grace and mercy to help in time of need. This is the time of need. So call us right now at 929-333-3739. Now, in this passage of Scripture as well, it almost seems like Paul saying, well, it really wasn't me that did that. You know, <laughs> it, I, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't will to do that. I just couldn't help it, you know. So it, is, it almost sounds in some sense like Paul is rationalizing bad behavior. But I, we know he isn't. But how do we get around this and how do we explain this? And Rhoda, we're going to start with this great question for you. With well, you. thank you. <laughs> um, well, I know I can see what you're saying where you say it sounds like it, especially when he says things like it is no longer I, but sin that that, that does it. So I, right. I, I can understand what you're saying. Mm. However, I just I think in this passage, if when we're reading it, I think Paul is just being transparent. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's a lot mm. of willpower. There's a lot of I wills in here and the things that I would do and the things that I won't do. So, I mean, if he was trying to say that it's blame something else, he wouldn't use the phrases I will, I would, or I would. So he's just he's just being transparent about the struggle that he's facing within. And I, I think that's really important for us to do as well, to be transparent of the of the fact that we do struggle, that there are things that we want to do that we know we shouldn't do, that we know are sinful Mm -hmm. against the Lord, and we shouldn't do those things. Um, And even though we are saved, my my old pastor used to say there is still that conflict between the old man and the new man. Mm. And the old man wants to do something, but the new man is saying, no, that's not what you should do. <laughs> so there's there's always going to be that inward struggle mm. within, within you. Mm-hmm. And the key to it, it really is, if the old man wins and, you know, you do sin, mm-hmm. the Bible says that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, 1 John 1 talks about how um, if any man says that he's never he hasn't sinned, that he, he's a liar. Mm-hmm. But if we do sin, we have an advocate and that Amen. we should confess yeah. our sins. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. That's the key to living a life that is victorious, a life that shows that we, we can overcome sin. That's right. And we need to choose that which leads to peace Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to glorify God. 
and not to instantaneous pleasure, which only leads to guilt and shame. Right. Mm-hmm. Pastor David? Absolutely. And Paul never makes an allowance for sin. Neither does God. So no, a lot right. of people would take this text and say, well, I guess I, this is excusable. This is excusable. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that has really helped me to understand this, this thought is the flesh is like an old master, an old boss. That, you know, before we were saved, he was in charge of us. We were we were enslaved to him. But once we got saved, we were free from from him. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times he likes to call back and our sin and our flesh likes to call back and our and our old master likes to call back. And we serve a new master, mm-hmm. one that's, that's gracious right. and kind and loving. So living in the flesh just leads to misery. And um, those that take this, these, these texts to make an allowance for sin, uh, they're just doing themselves an injustice, and certainly that's not consistent with the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's right. And mm-hmm. so when Paul says, now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Paul is not rationalizing or explaining away the, the problem. He's explaining the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's explaining the problem that when he does sin, it's not the new man. Yeah. It's not the, the Spirit-filled Paul. And it's amazing. Paul never refers in this passage to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. And yet Romans 8 is full yeah. of mm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But here it's I, I, I. Yeah. You know, and so Paul is explaining that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's interesting as we think about this passage, we do have to keep in mind that it's leading to Romans 8. It's leading to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul is simply pointing a finger at himself here as he's explaining how believers struggle with sin. And I think it's interesting that in the book of Galatians, Paul actually points the finger at the other most prominent figure in the early church, who was Peter. So in Galatians 2.11, Paul describes a situation where he had it out with Peter, saying, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. So Paul goes on to describe the situation where Peter, who had been a trailblazer in breaking down the barriers between Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians after his vision that God gave him on the rooftop in Joppa, but he had pulled away from the Gentiles when the Jews from Jerusalem were around. And I I just mentioned this to say that, you know, even these leaders in the church, even these people who, you know, spent time with Jesus and, you know, were, were leading vast numbers of new believers, Um, even they sinned. And, you know, Paul wasn't embarrassed to admit his own sin, and he wasn't even embarrassed to point out Peter's sin, because in the end, they were both reconciled Mm. together and to Mm. Christ. Amen. 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 Dear friends, we want to encourage you this evening. Think about what Paul is saying here when he says, For what I hate, that do I. Have you ever done that, dear friends? Have you ever done the thing you've hated? Maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe it's drugs. And we've talked about this before, and we know mm-hmm. there are believers who are struggling with drugs yeah. and with alcohol. In fact, there is not a sin that a believer cannot commit. Now, I don't want to give any license either, but I'm just say, stating the reality. Mm-hmm. A Christian cannot live in sin. If you're saved, you'll never find joy and pleasure in that sin. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit and the new you will not lead you to sin because the new you does not sin. Mm-hmm. The new you will, will, is, the, is the redeemed you. It's the real you. But if you allow that indwelling sin, you know what, and you know what he's like? He's like an unwanted tenant. Mm-hmm. And he's a squatter in your soul. And, he's, and he, he, he's a defeated enemy by Jesus Christ. But yet, 
there's still power with that indwelling sin because Mm -hmm. sin and Satan are very powerful in our weak flesh. Mm -hmm. So, dear friend, if you're struggling tonight with something like that and you really cry out for victory, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. And if you don't have a church, by all means, you need to find yourself in a good Bible-believing church. Amen? Absolutely. And and by the way, and I mentioned this earlier, Mm -hmm. but... Our church is is right in Manhattan. Yeah. There aren't many independent Bible-believing Baptist churches in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Not many. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an understatement. <laughs> so, and today, what a blessing. Yeah. Uh, we had a visitor, a, a sweet lady from Liberia who's moved to New York, and she visited our church. And then we had a, a, a young man visiting from Northern Ireland, and he was in our church today. We had a family from the Cayman Islands, mm. and we had uh, one of our new believers, uh, Stephanie, invited some of her nieces and, and nephews to our church, yeah. beautiful little Filipino children. Mm. And so we have a wonderful ministry. We have children's ministry. We have Bible study at 10 o'clock. Come on out. Visit us at Heritage Baptist Church. Our website is hbcnyc.org. And on Sunday, we meet at 490 Hudson Street, 490 Hudson Street in the Greenwich Village area of Manhattan. And Pastor David, why don't you once again give the information for those who live out in Long Island or in that area east of here who would like to visit First Baptist Church in Hempstead. Absolutely. Our church is located right in the heart of Long Island in the village of Hempstead. Our address is 267 Jackson Street in Hempstead. We meet every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock in the morning, 945 in the morning for Sunday school and 6 p.m. Uh, for our evening service. We also have a midweek prayer meeting and Bible study at 7.30 p.m., and we would love to see you there. We can assure you that if you come, there will be a church uh, with, that will open you with welcome arms, yeah. and we are we're grateful for what God is doing there in our church. Amen. We're, we're excited that you and Rhoda are there serving God, and it's been great to hear of the, the good work that the Lord is using you to do there at First Baptist Church in Hempstead. Is that close... Uh, to uh, like Hempstead Avenue, or what's the main like thoroughfare that would be closest to your to your church there? Sure, like Hempstead Turnpike. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. not not too far. So ter- uh, the su- we're off of the Southern State Parkway. Okay, so, Southern um, State Parkway. Southern yeah. State Parkway, yeah. uh, Hempstead Turnpike. Right next to the bus depot. Right next oh, to the bus so depot. Oh, yeah, so they could take a bus they there as well. They could take a bus. We'll okay. come pick you up. We're right around the yeah, corner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Absolutely. So let's move further now into Romans 7 to verse the, the, the end of this section as Paul talks about the inability of the law to ease the struggle of the flesh. Mm-hmm. The law is not the solution to our problem. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is the way of victory, dear friends. Mm-hmm. And Paul does mention, Micah, a number of laws in this passage. Mm-hmm. And it does sound a bit confusing. He talks mm-hmm. about the law of God and the law of sin and a law of my mind and my yeah. members. There's like laws yeah. all over the place. <laughs> so try to explain this for us, brother. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was looking at this passage and I looked at a few different commentaries and, you know, n- none of them said there's just one answer to this. You know, they would say, oh, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. So I'm just going to give you my take on it. Um, It seems as if there's a wordplay happening here, and Paul is using the word law in a couple of different ways. So first, in verse 21, he says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And in this case, he's using the word law as in general principle. So kind of like we would say Murphy's Law, 
where we mean, you know, the general principle that whatever can go wrong will go wrong. So Paul is saying something like, it happens every time. In general, the principle is that when I want to do good, temptation is always lurking around the corner. And then verse 22, it's pretty straightforward. He says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. And in this case, the law of God is that higher law, which we actually spoke about last week. It's God's general law of righteousness. And then in verse 23, he says, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Again, Paul is describing how that ever-present temptation of sin in the flesh is constantly fighting that higher law of God, which is so clear in his mind, and he wants to obey. So at times he says he feels like a prisoner of war, unable to completely escape those sinful temptations of his flesh. So I, I think it's a little bit of a wordplay here, and it's yeah. difficult for us, but... Good job. That was that was so well explained. Did you want to add to that, Pastor David? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in verse 21, he says evil is present. And just realizing that, that it is an enemy. It is an enemy. Yeah. Our flesh is our enemy, and yeah. our flesh is the enemy of God. So I think Michael so well um, explained it there. And I'd just like to add, just to always remember that your flesh is not your friend. Your flesh nope. will not help you. Your flesh will bring you misery and mm-hmm. separation mm-hmm. from God if yeah. you yield to it. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that, as we'll see in just a few verses, it comes to who will you yield to? Yeah. Will you yield to your flesh mm-hmm. or will you yield to the Spirit of God? Mm-hmm. So it, it really gets down to do we know what no means? Mm-hmm. Because Paul says, for I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So mm-hmm. no good thing means how many good things are in our flesh? <laughs> None. Yeah. yeah. And the way I see this as well, and Mike, I thought your explanation was excellent. And if I could go right down to verse 25, where he talks about the two main laws, mm-hmm. which is the law of God, which is the Old Testament law, right? Mm-hmm. And the law of sin. That is the law that we are sinners by nature, by birth, by choice, mm-hmm. we're sinners, the law of sin. So these are the two main laws. And then what's this equal to the law of God? I look at the law of my mind, which he references in verse um, number 23. He says, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. So the law of my mind is what delights in the law of God. Mm-hmm. So the law of my mind is good. Yeah. Because my in my mind... I'm thinking, I want to do the right yeah, thing. Yeah, I know the right yeah, thing. Yeah, I know uh-huh. the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and I'm delighting in the law of God in my mind. Mm-hmm. So the law of God is connected with the law of the mind. But then the law of sin, mm-hmm. that's connected with the law in my members. Mm-hmm. The members are the are body parts the that flesh. want to mm-hmm. sin, the flesh. That's mm-hmm. the flesh mm-hmm. that wants to sin. So the law of sin is connected to the law of the members. So that's as well kind of how I would... Uh, break that down. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I just say uh, yeah. too? You know, Pastor David has mentioned a couple of different times this idea of you know when you're a Christian, you know those things, those lusts that you have that you're struggling with. And maybe I've said this on the program before, but I always think it's a good idea to set the parameter around that that sin mm-hmm. far from it. So if you know you struggle with that sin, you don't want to even tiptoe up to it. You want to set the fence around it where you're not even coming close to it. So I would just encourage listeners, you know, you know what you struggle with. So then 
Take away those friends who cause you to go there. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to that music that leads you there. Don't watch those movies that make you think those thoughts. You know, set the parameters far from that sin. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing, you know, the the devil is so deceitful, and we often think that that sin will just bring pleasure, but we don't think beyond that sin to the consequences of it. So what I have even found in my own life is, Write down what are the consequences of doing the thing you hate to do. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. are the consequences? Yeah. And write those things down and then con- think about that and then put it aside and put your heart on Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Focus on Jesus Christ because as long as you're focusing on the sin, eventually you, you're just going to fall into it. Mm-hmm. So don't focus on the sin. Focus on, on the victory. Focus on the person of Jesus Christ and how great he is and how powerful he is and how wonderful Knowing Jesus is how much peace Jesus gives. Jesus gives peace. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do is do the things that make for our peace. And what is this? The Bible says, I don't think the wicked have peace. Not at all. (laughs) There is no peace for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked. And there's no peace in, in living for the gratification of this sinful flesh. So as we come down to the end of this chapter, Pastor David, in Romans 7, verse 24, there's both a cry of despair and a question of hope. So I like that. I absolutely love this. Okay, so what's the cry and what's the question in in verse 24? Well, the cry in verse 24 is, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? from this body of death that that old wretched man really really gives carries the idea of a soldier that has fought that is bruised that is wearied i mean paul tried when you try of your own self you'll find yourself so wearied and so discouraged and that word that we used earlier so frustrated Mm -hmm. and all you can say of yourself is oh wretched man that i am (laughs) there's nothing there's nothing good in me and my flesh dwelleth no good thing i have no power to defeat my flesh or to live for god I am just a wretched man, and that's a good place to to, to start. Yeah. If you're going to get to verse yeah. 25, you have to first start at verse 24. See yeah. that you are a wretched man, and but he 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 says these beautiful beautiful words uh, words of victory that we should think upon and hold to. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then. With the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Really thanking God for his provision. Amen. For living, his provision. Living out that thanks. Yeah, I um, I loved listening to Rhoda read this verse earlier. I almost was like, oh, I need the audio Bible with Rhoda reading. You know, everything sounds better in a British accent. She's like, oh, I agree. Man that I am. Um, and I think that all Christians, you know, they go through these moments where Paul's words could be our words you know i i've said oh wretched man that i am mm-hmm. you know where we feel defeated by our, our own inability to completely escape sin but then there's this rhetorical question at the end of verse 24 and you know the bible has amazing rhetorical questions like who is like god and the answer is nobody but who shall deliver me from the body of this death and you know of course the answer is jesus mm-hmm. and i just love that paul asked this rhetorical question leading up to then his answer in verse 25 so good yeah, and some actually believe that Paul is referencing how some brutal criminals, even murderers, would be bound hand-to-hand. Imagine being bound hand-to-hand, mm. face-to-face, leg-to-leg, tied to a dead corpse, mm-hmm. and having that dead corpse 
tied to you. And then being thrown into the hot sun. Hmm. Some believe that Paul might be referencing this kind of punishment to the most brutal criminals. And that Paul is saying that our flesh is like that dead corpse. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, who can deliver me from the body of this death, this dying corpse that I'm, I seem to be so attached to? Mm-hmm. Who can deliver me? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the next verse gives the answer. So Rhoda, read in that beautiful British accent. <laughs> verse, Romans chapter 7, why don't you please read verse 25 and, and answer as well the question, how important is it to live by these words of thanks to God? These are one of my favorite words in this passage, and it's, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And the, that's the answer. The answer is Jesus, Jesus Christ. He is the answer, and mm-hmm. it is him that saved us in the first place. It is him that knows our sins. It is him that went to the cross and suffered the bitterest agony, suffered so much for us. And it is him that will keep us in this Christian life as well. And our mind has to be stayed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We have to keep our eyes on him. And we have to sing that victorious song of, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he has conquered it. Mm-hmm. He has conquered the grave. He's conquered death. He's conquered hell. He's conquered all of this. And he did all of that knowing our flesh, mm-hmm. knowing what we're like. And mm-hmm. it's so wonderful. I love those words. After the wretchedness and all the rhetorical questions, mm-hmm. it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let's just think about that as we close and have just a few minutes tonight. And dear friends, it's good to think about giving thanks. Mm-hmm. Let's just give thanks to God or maybe a verse of Scripture. Or, or would you like to add to Romans chapter 7, verse 25 as well? Pastor Dave, did you have something to add to that? Absolutely. There is that Scripture that says, Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ our mm-hmm. Lord. And you, you might be here tonight and you're struggling. You're struggling with your flesh. You're struggling with... Uh, these addictions or whatever it might be you can if you know jesus as your savior you can sing this song thanks be to god which giveth us the victory he will cause you to live victorious if you trust in him and yield to him so to close this 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 chapter out i think it's just beautiful that we can close singing this song that god will give us victory and and like it was said earlier, you don't need to focus on your sin. You don't need to stay on your sin. Your whole, our hearts and our minds simply needs to be set upon our Savior because he alone is the victor. Amen. And God has saved us, dear friends, to give thanks to him. I love one of my favorite verses on thanks is in Psalm 106:47. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name, and to triumph in thy praise. There is triumph in praising God. There is triumph over sin as we gather with God's people, as we give thanks to his holy name. Yeah, you know, I always go back to Jonah for some reason. You know, I think to Jonah chapter 2, which is like a psalm. Um, Jonah had run away from God. He had disobeyed God. He was not evangelizing as he was supposed to. And yet, at the end of it all, he says in Jonah 2, verse 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. 
I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So you get this tension of Jonah running away. You get the tension of Paul struggling with sin. But then the outcome is this thankfulness for salvation and deliverance. Amen. Well, Pastor David and Rhoda, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Thank you for allowing us to be here. It was truly an honor. It was a joy to have you, and we praise the Lord for you. May the Lord give you a beautiful, healthy baby on that appointed day, and may the Lord continue to increase the flock there at First Baptist Church in Hempstead. We encourage our listeners out there to visit First Baptist Church in Hempstead. Heritage Baptist Church in New York City. Check us out online at hbcnyc.org. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.